Welcome to the Ask the Estate Agent podcast, here to give you the knowledge and inspiration to take the next steps in the world of property. Your weekly dose of property market updates, top tips on buying, selling, renting, and investing in property. From your expert estate agents and through interviews with industry specialists. We're here to answer your questions. So here's your host, David Thomas. Hello, everybody. David here, and welcome to this episode of Ask the Estate Agent podcast. Thanks again, as ever, for joining me today and for all your questions and feedback. Um, We've had a great number of topics and questions posed to us, which will be coming up in future episodes. So thanks again. And um, thank you, as always, for sharing and promoting the podcast to people who it may help. So this is all about giving you the tips, advice, the information you need to navigate the property market. So if there is a topic that you think is relevant to somebody else, please do pass it on, share it, tag them into it, and um, let's help as many people as we can on their journey. So apologies today if um, you hear a bit of background noise. There is a building site right outside the studio today, so um, there may be a bit of background noise to it. We'll try and edit as much as we can out of it, but um, yeah, apologies if that does come across. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode, which is all about choosing your solicitor or conveyancer, as they're quite often known in the home buying part. Now, the vast majority of people don't employ a solicitor every single day. So uh, what we wanted to do is give you some simple and quick checks you can make before committing to a solicitor. So first off, it's figuring out who exactly will be handling your case. Now, The reason for this is now with the way conveyancing is becoming much more sort of fast paced, the fees are coming down quite a bit. Um, You're seeing the birth of technology and disruption coming into that sector. And we're quite often hearing the term now call center um, conveyancers. And they're working on bulk. They're trying to get as many cases in. And sometimes you may have a conveyancer that sat there with a pile of cases on their desk that they're going through, but they're only charging a very low fixed fee. So they're working on a volume basis. Now, that might work for some transactions. It might work for certain cases if you're in a tight budget. But you do, you really do, in this whole scenario of buying a house, need somebody that's going to be there when you need them, be great at communicating, and be able to get onto things quickly. Because quite often, as we all know from, from previous episodes... Um, that the, the the process gets a lot more difficult throughout the whole conveyancing bit where trying to keep the deal together, trying to keep emotions in check, trying to make sure that anything that crops up is dealt with quickly and all parties are aware of what's going on because what you quite often find and what scuppers a lot of deals and, and falls through a lot of property transactions is the fact that people lose faith in it or they think something else is going on when it isn't and your conveyancer is absolutely critical at keeping that part of the process together so number one is find out exactly who will be handling your case so ask whether um, they will be dealing with um, you specifically whether there'll be a case handler at all or a team of people and um, if you're just signed to one solicitor find out what happens if they're sick or on holiday. So just ask those simple questions so that you know you're clear about who you can contact 
if, for instance, say your first point of contact is off, do they have an assistant or whatever the, the, the process is? So that's really, really important. Number two, then, does the solicitor pick up the phone? Now, as we were talking about call center um, conveyancing then and the, the fees coming down, you quite often come across conveyancing and solicitors now that literally, no matter how much you try and get them to pick up the phone to speak to each other, they won't. Um, and it's because it costs them time and money and they haven't quoted for that. And they would rather send an email. Yes, I get there's an audit trail there and it's in writing, etc., etc. But when there's things that just need asking or clarifying quickly, the best form of that quite often is the phone. It puts everybody at ease. You hear each other's voices. Um, it just has that whole calming element and it's quick. So does the solicitor pick up the phone? So there's nothing more frustrating than every phone call you make going straight to their voicemail or you just can't get hold of them. So consider doing a bit of a mystery shop um, to ensure your solicitor's on the end of the phone when you need them or at least returns your calls within a reasonable time frame. So maybe consider doing a bit of a mystery shop on them. Number three, do they reply to emails? Ask your conveyancer to provide a rough but realistic idea of how quickly they're able to respond to emails on a typical day. Now, we all know um, emails and workload comes and goes. And sometimes, you know, they may have a lot on on a particular day. That's fine. But what I would expect and what I'd hope you'd expect is that there's clear dialogue about that, that they let you know what's going on. They let you know that they'll get back to you, say, tomorrow or whenever, because they are quite busy that day, but that they're on to it. So check out that as well. Ask them up front so that you have realistic expectations. Number four, then, where are they based? While many aspects of the conveyancing process can now be carried out remotely, it can still be useful for your solicitor's office to be local. For example, if you need to hand deliver photo ID or crucial last minute documents. Um, I've had it, I've even had it in my own personal circumstances, buying a house where I had to, because the solicitors involved were actually away from where we were in terms of location, I ended up having to go to another solicitor's office to get them to witness a signature and then get on the phone and provide evidence that I'd done it because it all, it, for whatever reason, the legal process or the legal documentation had to be done by a solicitor. So they had to um, team up with the local solicitor for me. So it just goes to show, ask all these questions up front, speak to them about what you're doing and what you need, and then you will know whether being with a local solicitor is better for your specific transaction or not. Number five then, can you get hold of them outside of office hours? Find out if your solicitor can be contacted in the evening or at weekends um, it might not be necessary, but it's good to manage expectations. So just like, um, do they pick up the phone? Do they respond to emails timely? You know, if there's an emergency, do they work weekends or not? It's totally fine if they don't. And that's there. And five o'clock, that's the cutoff. Nothing gets done after that. That's fine. But just make sure you know those boundaries beforehand, because um, if the other party solicitor works differently, and they're going to be pushing through after hours or through the weekends to try and get deals done, then you might find it that, that your solicitor could end up holding it back. So just be aware of all that. Ask all these things. If you then know, you can manage everybody's expectations in the chain. 
Number six then, what is it likely to cost? Conveyancing is no different to any other service and as a paying customer, you have a right to see a full breakdown of the cost, including any VAT. It will only be an estimate, but a line in the sand is definitely better than nothing. So um, even be aware if you are working with a solicitor or conveyancer that gives you a fixed fee, just make sure you understand what that includes and then if there are any additional things what are they likely to be and what could they be charged at so you have a realistic expectation of maybe having some contingency money to one side number seven then what exactly will they do you may be totally new to the conveyancing process or have simply just forgotten from last time so don't be afraid of asking questions It's imperative you understand exactly what your solicitor will and won't do for their quoted fee. So almost tying that back to understanding the cost is understand everything they're going to do for that. Number eight, can they meet your time frame? Ask up front the estimated length of conveyancing time for your specific purchase. um, And that's obviously on the proviso that it runs smoothly, especially if you have have a deadline goal in mind such as you want to move before Christmas or something like that, make sure you discuss that with a solicitor and everybody is clear on it. I can't emphasize this enough because what what happens quite a lot is because maybe there isn't a deadline or somebody has a deadline come up through the buying process because maybe it's a chain and somebody's selling for a specific reason and then a deadline comes about. But what happens is, Nobody clearly communicates that through the chain and then everybody agrees on it because if nobody is upfront about can you do it in that time frame from the beginning, then what happens is you get this creep. You get the time creeping and creeping and creeping and before you know it, you're nowhere near the deadline. So if everybody's upfront about it before, I've seen it firsthand where, um, and this is a great example of what can be done with a great conveyancer, is we had a... um, foreign buyer buying an apartment for her son who needed to be in by a specific date to start work. Um, It was a leasehold flat. So you've got the whole management pack issues and service charges and ground rent and all these extra things that add time into a typical process, weeks on average added in. Um, But they came to us and they said, look, love the flat, made an offer. The offer was agreed, but they said, we do need to be in in 30 days. And we were like, right, 30 days is going to be tight, especially for a leasehold property. Um, So we got a great conveyancer solicitor on the phone and said, look, this is the scenario. This is why this has to happen. Um, It is leasehold. We've got the management company's details. Here's who they are. We gave them as much information as we could to, to allow them to make the decision. I said, you need to tell me now, can you do it in 30 days or not? If there's any reason why you can't or you think you can't, then tell me now and and we'll know and we can we can work with that or or choose somebody else. They came back and said categorically we can do it. We know we can do it. We're on. Um and they actually completed and moved in in 26 days, I think it was, which blew me away because not only did they commit to it and be honest about it, but they went above and beyond to beat it. So it can be done. Um but make sure you discuss the timeline and you, you're open about it all and explain that it that's what has to happen for this deal to, to go with them and for it to work. Um, so number nine then is, do you have the right expertise? Especially if you have an unusual or more complicated house purchase, 
check the solicitor or conveyancer has the relevant experience to manage your case. So, for instance, if it's um, quite a complicated, maybe commercial to residential conversion, or you've got things like flying freeholds involved and you know, some properties look simple from the initial outset, but then as soon as you start digging into the titles and stuff like that, it can be quite complex. So if you know about that structure or you know about some of those things, again, discuss it with the solicitor and conveyancer up front. Make sure they're happy that their expertise enables them to still do that. Um, and and then you can just move forward. So that's the main nine points that I would say definitely check with any solicitor or conveyancer before you go ahead just run through them all it creates great open honest transparent dialogue from the start because if you ask all these kind of questions you get to understand how they operate um, as a business and that and you can build that rapport and trust that they're going to be able to deliver that then it's a great start and i would much rather you ask these questions than going completely blind and then they can't you know, the expectations are nowhere near what you expected. So I hope this really helps. Use those um, those questions and those pointers when you're choosing your solicitor. And um, yeah, I hope they really help. So thanks again for listening. That concludes this episode. As usual, please get in touch with us if um, you have any feedback on this, if you've got any comments, maybe you've got some scenarios that will, will help other people um, in choosing the right solicitor. Remember, you can find us on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can visit our website, asktheestateagent.co.uk, and you can send us um, comments through through that website as well. So I uh, hope it helps. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, it's goodbye for now. We look forward to answering your property questions and helping you with your next move. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Estate Agent podcast.